You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. How do we deal with this? Rabbi Yonah and the Ralbag um, don't have, don't necessarily say we need to explain why slavery is good and why it makes sense and why it should be allowed. However, I think that what we can do is extract from their words a rationalization and an understanding of what Avdus was. In fact, Glineder, I'm not going to say slavery. I'm going to say Avdus, because I think slavery is a packed word. I think for an American-speaking public, for them to hear that the Torah sanctions slavery, they're already stopped listening, right? It's like me using the N-word. I can't say slavery. What I will say is abdus. And there's abdus for the Eved Nochri. I could say Eved Knani, but I'm going to say the Eved Nochri. And then there's the Eved Ivri. I know the word Eved Nochri is sort of a word that you don't see in the Torah. The Mishnah keeps on using the word Eved Knani. But I'm going to use the word Eved Nochri. So there's going to be Eved Nochri and Eved Knani. Okay. So, and now we're going to find out there might be something in the middle. Let me preface, say one more thing and preface here. I do believe that there is a difference between Rabbi Yonah and the Ralbag in terms of how they saw the Eved Nochri, or what's called the Shifcha Nochrit. They saw them in a different light. And I think it's going to be developed here tonight. And you're going to see a difference between the two. So let's get started. Uh, I'm not going to start the very first place that the Torah mentions Abdut. The first place the Torah mentions Abdut is by Noah. That Noah's um, curse to Chum is that Canaan is going to be an Evid. I'm not going to deal with that right now. Um, there is a wealth of material and midrashim and information there. Uh, I want to start with uh, Korban Pesach. This is a Pasuk in Perik Yud Beis of Shmos. Here it is. So, it's very interesting. Klal Yisrael uh, is being told about eating the Korban Pesach. Um, now, the Nitziv and others are machadish that, that the Jewish people had avodim had Avodim when they left Mitzrayim. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but he says they did, and he has many, many proofs to this. Whether the Nitziv is right or not, what is undeniable is that the Torah already speaks about at the very first Korban Pesach, when it gives the laws, as the Torah develops those laws for the night, that very first night and for all time, for the Jews who were just about to leave Mitzrayim, it mentioned the Chol Eved Ish Miknas Kosef. There's going to be Avodim of people. They're going to be bought by money. They are bought. Uma'alto Oso. They must undergo circumcision. Oz Yochalbo. Then, there's a machlokas in the mechilta, what this pasuk means. Our hero, the Ralbag, follows basically Rashi, that 
uh, which is the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua, that this means that the owner of the Eved is not able to eat the Korban Pesach unless his Eved, who he bought, has a has has had a his orla taken off and what we would call a bris. Right after that, the Torah says a toshav and a socher cannot eat the korban pesach. A toshav and a socher cannot eat the korban pesach. Okay, the Rabag in Parshas Bo says. Rashi says, who is the Toshav? A Ger Toshav. That's a non-Jew. And the Sochir, which means he's been given squatter's rights, more than squatter's rights. He's a citizen of the country. He kept Sheva Mitzvos. The Sochir is a traveling person. He hasn't gone, he hasn't done his paperwork. He's allowed to hang out here. He's here to make money. He's a guy. Now, Rashi then asks, why should you even think that these people can eat the Korban Pesach? The Pesach that Ralbag quoted, everybody knows that Pesach. It's coming up just two or three Pesachim later. Kol Oro Ayochavo. Why would you think it's not one of the Shevim Mitzvahs B'nai Noach that you have to have a, uh, that you have an Orlo, that you can't have an Orlo? Why would you think he can eat the Korban Pesach? So Rashi says, we're talking about Aravi Mahul. We're talking about a, mo- a nomad who happens to be passing through. And he somehow, like the Bnei Keturah and others, he has his Orla taken off, or a Givoni, or he's somebody who's, who's keeping the Sheba Mitzvah Bnei Noach, a, a Ger Toshav, and he has cut his Orla off. So the Pasuk is telling you such a person still can't eat the Korban Pesach. The Ramban asks on Rashi that why does the Rav, why does the Rashi write things that the Gemara rejects? The Gemara in, y- in Yavomis says the Pasuk's not talking about that because we know even, why would you call that person, you would call that person a non-Oreo? The Gemara says that a non-Jew is an Oreo no matter what. That even if he has gone through an operation by some religious Jew to take his Oreo off, if it wasn't for the sake of a bris, if he wasn't going through conversion, he's called an Ariel. And the Pasuk in Yirmiya says, So, why would you even think that the Torah needs to say, well, he's, he's not an Ariel, but he, can, he is an Ariel. So, therefore, the, the, Torah, the Gemara Nyavama says, and this is the Ramban's interpretation of the Pasuk, that we're talking about a ger shamol below Tava. We're talking about a, a person who is not yet a Jew. So, or he's a person who, he's a Toshav or Sakhir, meaning he came to our world, he came to our country as a worker. He came to see what was going on. He's, he's decided to start the process. And in fact, he's almost a complete Jew. He's missing one thing, going to the mikvah. No. Toshav v'sakhir v'yocham. He's not yet, and if he signs on for the Korban Pesach, but he hasn't yet gone to the mikvah in front of the Bezdin, that's what the Torah is saying. That's the Ramban's interpretation. doesn't sound like that's what a Tosha Pesachir is, but that's the way the Ramban interprets that Pesachir.
one of the Balitos was known as Rabbi Yosef Bechor Shor. Um, has a little bit of a different interpretation. He also rejects Rashi. And he says, you know what a Toshav is? A Toshav is a Jewish Eved who has decided, like the Psukim and Sefer Parshas Mishpatim later say, that he's going to stay with his master. He is a Eved Ivri who's staying with his master till Yovel. And that's why he's called Toshav. Because he's here for the long run. <laughs> he's a Toshav. He's sitting here like the word Shev, he's going to be here for a while, till the Jubilee year. The Sahir is also an Evid Ivri, but he's an Evid Ivri that is going to work for a, uh, a limited period of time, of six years. Okay, so again, why does the Torah need to tell us that these men don't eat the Korban Pesach? No, they should eat the Korban Pesach, right? They're Jews. They are complete Jews. So, this is what the Torah is telling you. Meaning, he basically is owned, he's an Ebed Ivri, owned by another Jew. Let's call him Shimon, he's owned by Ruvain. Ruvain is the owner. And, the, and Ruvain, of course, is having a big Korban Pesach. Now, the truth is, you need to have a list of who comes onto the Korban Pesach, who's, who is registered. He didn't register Shimon. Shimon is an Evid. Let's say Shimon is the Evid who's going to be here till Yovel. So he figures, of course, he's the family. I don't register him. He's not really, uh, you know, he's sort of like less, he's not like Cousin Irving. He's not like the guy next door. You didn't register him with a regular registration where the Shochet had him in, in mind, where he technically was, 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 he bought his portion, or you were mazakic him, his portion in the Korban Pesach? Lo yochlobo. Why? Shalot Tomar, me'achar, sheheim avodov. So, they're my avodim. Below minu yecholim lecholimo. Why? To mistomach heim minuyin. Why? Because look, I got to feed you. Look, Shimon is for the next six years or till Yovel, I'm feeding you. So, so you're not like Irving. You're not like the guy across the street. So I have to ask you. I have to tell you. I have to give you a special portion. Of course, you're part of it. Kamash no, no. Lo Yochabo, he has a separate identity. So according to the Rebbe's of the Torah is saying the following, that there's a difference between the Eved Nochri and the Eved Ivri. The Eved Nochri, <laughs> he don't have to say, as we're going to see in a minute. The Eved Nochri, he, he doesn't have to, he doesn't need to be asked. Avdo Anochri, Kivan Shemolo. Look, he's part of the family. He is completely owned. He is a piece of property. He's a human being that you own his goof totally and completely. So, you need to register him. Of course, he's part of the things. He's a living human being who's going to eat and he's going to be at the table. Maybe he's going to be in the side room. I don't know. That's the, or the side eh, part of the room. But he's going to be with us. You don't need to ask him anything. Who is he like? So Bahar Shor says he's like your, your, your small children. 
Your small children sit at the Seder table. They don't, they, they're not registered. You don't need their das. In fact, the, 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 the Brysa says, Avdas So you're at the evidentiary is very free tonight because he needs to register just like my cousin Irving. So in other words, we're actually emphasizing that he's a free person. So Yosef B'Choshor is emphasizing that the Balatosis, that the Pesach is saying, no, don't think your Socher Vitoshov is just like an Evid, is like, is, is, is like your Evid Nochri. He's a real Evid. He's a real Jew. And he joins you with the same, he has to go through the same hoops as anybody else, despite the fact that he's working for you. And even that night, he's sort of like in a weird place where on one hand, he's still an indentured Evid, and he's working for you, but in order for him to eat the Corbin Pesach, he's like everybody else, that you need to get his permission, he needs to sign on, he technically needs to be given a, a part in it, and he, you have to actually get his agreement. So what, what Bechor Shor is elevating is the very important difference between these two. That one, of course, is a person who fell on hard times, and because of that, he had to sell himself. Or he was a thief, that he had no money, he had nothing, and the Besden sold him. So he isn't considered a nothing. He's considered like everybody else at the table that needed official registration. But that wasn't the case with the Evan Nochri. The Evan Nochri had no choice. He didn't come into Judaism by choice. He was conquered, captured, sold. And even though he's in sort of an interesting state, he is basically like a child. He might be 85 years old, but he's treated like the four-year-old. Okay? So if I, I think I've responded to your point. Okay? So the Bechorshar actually sees this Pusik as the elevation of the Eved Ivri. And the Eved Nochri is sort of, you know, he's like a kid, despite his age. The Raubag, however, is has... The Ralbag has a different approach. It, 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 it is an approach that also is, 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 is able to deflect the question against Rashi. But it's very different. It's similar to Bukhar Shor, but different. Let me show you. Toshav is Socher. Toshav Hugir Toshav. Huasher Kibel of Shulavad of Okay, that's exactly like Rashi. Who is the Socher? So let's look at the Raubag on the Socher. Visocher Huaeved Sha'in Gufokonu. Now that would sound like Bahor Shor's Evid Ivri. Hmm. But then what he should say is that. He needs to have a minui. That's not what he says. Let's do the next line of Raubag. It's Raubag and Parshas Bo. Even if the Tosha, like Rashi said, decided to get a uh, his orla uh, snipped off, cut off. We can't give him any of the Pesach. The proof, what this Pasuk is telling you, is that you know who gets to eat the Korban Pesach? Evan, Evan Nochri, though. The Evan Nochri, Asher Gufo Konilonu. 
because he is part of us. If you have taken his orla off, and the way you own him is that you own him completely, he gets to eat the carbon Pesach. Why? He's closer to us than the Toshav and the Socher. The Toshav is a non-Jew who happens to appreciate the idea of having his orla taken off. The Socher is an Eved, but not an Eved Ivri. He's an Eved Nochri who isn't the complete Eved Nochri. The Raubag has as the, as, 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 is putting on the table something which the Talmud knew about, which hundreds and hundreds of years of Jewish history knew about. Jews, humans that were owned by Jews, but were not the halachic Eved Nochri, that had the brismila and that had the strictures and the impositions and the definitions that were of the Eved of the Torah. The Eved Nochri of the Torah is closer to our Emuna than this other Eved. We own him more. We have a greater bias on him, and that makes him closer to our system. There are other ones who we don't own as much, and yet we are their technical, we are their owner. They are avodim to us, but they are not owned in the same way. This is not talking about the Eved Ivri. This is an Eved Nochri, but who is not owned with the, to the extent that the Torah's Eved is. Now, Raubag is saying an Eved Nochri has entered into the belief system of the Jewish people. If someone hasn't entered the belief system and just wants to join us for the Seder, it's not possible that they should be the beneficiaries of some sort of benefit. That Pesach is meant to, uh, which is the purpose of Pesach. You need to be in with us. You need to be part of us. You need to be more part of us for you to garner the benefits. And you, although technically there is a uh, contract, the Sochir is owned by the Jew, but eating the Pesach will mean nothing. Even if he's on the list, even if he knocks on the door and says, look, you know, um, why can't I be on the list? He's not part of our Amuna. Why? For who? What, is you, what do you get from the Korban Pesach? Eating the Korban Pesach is your gateway into this godly, supernatural, given from creator directive of Torah. This mitzvah, not just done the very first Pesach, when it was in Mitzrayim, every year this mitzvah is this is sort of like a gateway directing us to a complete Kabbalah of the whole Torah. Now, which means we need to probably think about why Korban Pesach is that important, that, <laughs> that eating it 
and you know, being part of it and eating it is really the gateway. Why is it the gateway to the rest of the Torah? What is obviously the very first mitzvah in a way that the whole Jewish people did. But why is it so crucial? Why is that year by year the same thing? Um, if there's someone, even though he's, he's a wonderful Jew, wonderful Yichus, but can't have a bris, we have to say, such a person is not really totally one of us. So this great man who just happens to have a condition that doesn't allow him to have a bris milah is less, in a way, part of our emuna than the Eved Nachri. The Eved Nachri, who's owned by the Jew, Bogdan, who's owned by Ruvain, is better, in a way, than Menashe, Ruvain's brother, who can't have a bris. Because there is something missing in Menashe. He is not completely vishlemus in our emuna. Why? It's the very first mitzvah that anyone who's part of our emuna is supposed to fulfill. He doesn't have it. And that's true. For even, and it's of course also the mitzvah that Avram had. And we saw it wasn't because Avram needed a mitzvah. Rabag doesn't believe Avram gets mitzvahs. But Bavur Shiagi Hashlemus Lazaro. Because in order, because when Avram was commanded to do it, he made sure it was done historically to his family, and therefore it changed them physically, and therefore it allowed them to develop mentally. And this way, they were actually proper recipients, proper receptacles for the Torah. The And this allowed them to keep Eretz Yisrael as people with the Torah. But they needed Brismila to do that. And therefore, Anyone who's missing that is, in a way, missing something essential. And that's why, when it comes to the Korban Pesach, you can't eat from the Korban Pesach if you are an Oral. And that's also the reason why the Torah is so careful. Normally, the Torah says, look, you try your best. <laughs> to deal with the people around you. You always have ups and downs. You always have variations within the family about how strong the mitzvah observance is from each member. But here, the Torah is very careful. This sounds like you can't even check the Korban Pesach. And you can't even eat it. If there are people that you are supposed to make sure they have a bris, that they have the orla taken off, and they didn't, like your bonavaktanim, and your avodim, which avodim? The miknas kesef avodim. Oh, yulide bias, the ones who were born afterwards. The yulide bias are not your children. The yulide bias are evid children, children that came through the procreative acts that the evid that you bought and perhaps the shifcha that you bought together produced. Those are Yulide bias. Those are people that are now part of your extended family. Right? That Evid, Bogdan, and that woman, Catherine, they produce children. 
Those children are your Yulide bias. If you do not make sure that their orlas are taken off, you can't eat the Korban Pesach either. Why? Because you, even though you had the bris happen to you, you also aren't completely in our emuna. Why? Because you need to impose this, and you didn't. And therefore, you're showing, although you yourself are someone who is circumcised, you have... Uh, it sounds like it's, it's, you don't realize the significance of it as far as it is what it means and its connection and how important it is to be able to eat and do the Korban Pesach. Now, if connected to our Amuna, now it's still in a very subservient way. It's still in somewhat of a, of the Bechor Shor's childish way, but yet, unlike the Bechor Shor, who contrasts a, a free Eved Ivri to the more restricted Eved Nochri, Rabag is contrasting the Eved Nochri, who is completely part of us, to the Eved Nochri, who you haven't yet made part of our system. Now, why is Korban Pesach so crucial? Well, the Rabag has, why is Korban Pesach so important? With all the mitzvahs that are connected to it. So the Rabag, um, as we saw when it came to Paraduma and other places, the Rabag goes big picture all the time. Big picture. After the Rabag's time, many people have uh, pretty much parroted uh, his approach, but he, in many ways, uh, was the originator of many of these of this idea. Uh, he definitely um, brought it out, uh, and I think in a very stark way. And I think it's worthwhile to see it. What's the idea of Korban Pesach? We know that being in Mitzrayim, the most civilized, um, uh, advanced country, but the most involved in hedonism, uh, most involved in what we call anti-monotheism, uh, uh, advanced and civilized and powerful, but wrong, wrong, wrong in so many ways. So therefore, what we needed to do, that very first Pesach, and what we still do symbolically, is disconnect ourselves from what's considered the normal uh, zeitgeist understanding of the big powerful countries and their ideas. Now, we know because of their uh, mindset, anybody that uh, would eat goats or sheep, slaughter them and eat them, was considered uh, a heretic. Why? Because their God was the God that operated through the constellation that was worldwide, even till today's time, pointed at as Aries, as a ram or a goat or a sheep. So therefore, for thousands of years, humanity basically was seen and saw an image in the sky that represented that star cluster and the power of that star cluster was in everyone's mind embodied by oh i see i see the sheep up in the in the clouds up in the stars and that's the reason why that became the symbol of that star power <laughs> so god commanded to take 
the greatest, like best type of sheep. And what is that, of course? A male that has no, uh, that's Tamim, that has no blemishes. And you know when you take it? You take it when? In the springtime. When exactly on the 15th, right when the 15th starts at midday? Because anyone who looks at the stars knows that the constellation of Aries at that time is really the cl- in, its, in its most clear place, not connected necessarily to where the sun is, but being able to see it in its glory. And, of course, it should be almost within its year. Because, can you imagine, in a Mitzri's mind, this is a perfect child. This is a perfect image of our God. This is a perfect symbol of the power of our God. And it's growing, and it's just in, it's within a year old. Ugh! You're slaughtering that and eating it while it's about to grow and turn into something? They would consider this Mehazorus Yoser, the most terrible thing. Based on their belief system, this would be considered the strangest, weirdest thing to do. Now, here's the part that you, this part, that part you might have heard. Many people have basically uh, have siphoned this Raubag off and said it as if they're, it's their own. This one, I think, is pretty uh, original to the Raubag. But since in their mind, Mitzram's mind. What is the punishment for someone who dares destroy the icon and the symbol of Mitzrayim? He would get, he would be turned into fire. He would be burnt. Why? Why is fire the punishment? Because in constellation thought, the each one of the constellations aligns to one of the four elements of the universe. Fire, water, air, and earth. So we know that Aries is from the fire constellations. So therefore, someone who tries to do something against the Mitzri belief, somehow he will be punished. Maybe the Mitzri themselves used to burn people. Or somehow fires would break out which would show the anger of God. <laughs> so therefore, God knew about this. He figured, listen, I know what these idiots are thinking. And therefore, it needs to be roasted, not just boiled where the water is, is the fire is there, but it's in water and it's cooking like a gedumpta chicken. Oh, look at that. It's boiling soup. No. I want it to be roasted. That fire is there because that set is going to act, which is the symbol of Avodah Zarah, is itself going to be turned into fire. And it's got to be totally complete. Rosh Al-Kirbo. It has to be complete there with its legs and its, and, 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 with its, with its arms and legs completely tied. Ki ofan. Because <laughs> can you imagine if the Mitzri would see that? That is like a complete, young, succulent, great animal in its totality being burnt. <laughs> because when it would get roasted, 
That would be considered like the ultimate sacrilege to the Mitzri gods. And therefore, and that's why it had to be eaten totally. This whole thing, this whole body, which is supposed to be this great image of, 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 of God in, 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 in creation, would have to be eaten. And none of it can be taken outside. Nothing can be left over. It has to be eaten by everyone in one shot. And that, of course, would be the thing that would anger the most if, if it's true that there are these gods. And if these gods somehow react to our actions, this would be the most sacrilegious, angry, terrible thing you can do. Because we know the more you actually the greater the thing is. If it's if it's supposed to be like, for example, obviously a guy who's like we know with in the Hilchas Busha, if a person is is not a, a a respected person and he gets embarrassed, okay, it doesn't you don't have to pay him that much. But if he was wearing his tux and he was on his way to receive the Nobel Prize, and then you stick the banana peel under his heel in order for him to do a flip, of course it's a greater busha here too. The busha was the greatest it could be if they are right. Because they, of course, felt that this was horrible for anyone to even conceive of such a thing. And the mitzvah is to do, to reject. We don't have this belief in our world anymore the way it used to be. But this is the beginning of getting the Torah, is the act that in its time was considered the ultimate heretical rejection of the religion of the most powerful country in the world. And therefore, if you're part of our emuna, this is where it starts. And he says that's also, of course, of course, we the very first Pesach, every single carbon Pesach is, of course, roasted. But even the original one also had part of that. <laughs> because as we know, one of the things that they put the blood onto the doorpost with was with an azov, a hyssop, that's considered the lowest possible type of piece of vegetation. Because that would be like the oh, it would be like almost urinating on it. Of course, not urinating on it, but that's sort of similar to that. So they knew that if the Mitzram are right, we should at this point be punished. That if, if, if Egypt means, if Mitzrayim means anything, the people doing this should be struck down. And it's the opposite. The ultimate rejection, complete and total, is the reason, he says, is the Seba, why we were saved. And it's the Seba why we, what, happens to, what happened to the rest of the tribe doesn't happen to us. And that's the reason why the Rabag says all the Avodizora, all the icons were also struck down that night. Because what did that do? 
by doing that act, it, it, it allowed them to realize how insignificant, how empty that belief is completely. And that's the reason why at that very first carbon Pesach, we are, it was taken on the 10th and the person held on to it for four days. Why? Why do you have to hold on to it? So some say, oh, it's making the Mitzri upset. The Rabag says, because they, they need to think about it. They need to say for four days, this is like the perfect piece of Avodah and I'm going to kill it. Think about how it's empty. Think about what it's about. Think about how we, through this year of Makos, have changed, how we are becoming a different people, that we are going to become, we're wiping the, the slate clean. We are, uh, we, are, we are obliterating any element of that old way of thinking. And they needed to realize the mum. We know Api Chazal, you're supposed to check it each day for a mum. The Raubag says, you know what the mum is? The mum is, is the belief the belief of that system. And they have to realize how that is a mum. How that's a blemish that's, that, that can't be ever uh, taken away. And that's why throughout the generations, you need to, in a way, be nimne. You need to be registered before the shrita. Why? When you register, it's not just an official thing. It means you think. It means, oh, I see, I agree. Your name's on there. When you register, registering for the Korban Pesach is to think about what this means and realize how important it is. Now, here, we're going to have to say that the Eved Nochri doesn't have to think as much. He's forced. He's already part of it. He doesn't necessarily have this, 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 this element of maturity to think about it because he doesn't have to register. He doesn't have to agree but he's part of us. And because he was bought by us, even though he didn't want to be bought by us, he's much more in our league than is the one who isn't bought completely. And therefore, it works for him. And therefore, he's allowed to eat it. And then the Rabag, as he is wont to do, quotes the Chazal and backs him up. The Mechilta says, also, why did it have to take four days? Because Yisrael was shtufin ba'vodizara. Even after the year of the Makos, they, they were involved in avodizara. It was part of their mind. It says mashchu. Why does it say mashchu? Go and drag. Rabbi Yosef Lui said, drag yourself away from avodizara. You're still in avodizara. Bidobku, not just in this mitzvah, so that's why it's a gateway mitzvah. And it's a gateway mitzvah that the, uh, that the Eved, Nachri, can be part of. Maybe not in the same way, but more than his counterpart. The Eved, Nachri, who is not owned. Being owned means you can be connected to something great. Now, the Eved, Ivri. <coughs> In Begapo Yovo, Begapo Yetze. If he came in by himself, he leaves by himself. In Balishahu, if he was married and he had no money to pay for his theft, 
And of course, here we see, of course, that as Chazal point out, Rashi points out, that his wife gets taken care of. His wife gets taken care of by the Odom. Shimon is the Eved Ivri. Ruvain takes care of Shimon's wife, Leah. He has to take care of her. And not only that, the Mechilta says, Shimon has children. They also are taken care of. And that's based on a Pusik and Parshas Bahar. That who Ubonavimo. So an incredible responsibility Ruvain takes. Ruvain pays off, let's say, Levi, who Shimon stole from. Ruvain now, in a way, is the master of the Eved. He's a very benign master. He's paying for Shimon's family. But then the Pesach says, Im Adonav Yitan lo Isha, v'yodav obonam obonamt, ha'isha v'yodav t'yil Adonav v'yetzeh v'gapo. If Ruvain decides that Shimon is going to be given a wife, he's given, this is your wife, and this wife, let's call her Janice. Janice gives Shimon sons or daughters. When Shimon leaves, they stay with Ruvain. What? Why? Adoneha. Adonel means Janice's owner. Janice is a slave. Janice is a shivcha, is a shivcha nachris. He doesn't, those aren't his children. Shimon is able to live with Janice and maybe is forced to live with Janice if that's what Ruvain wants. So how does this jive? We talked about how precious the relationship is. How the Ramam has said that he's not Shushveva. You have to be so worried about him. You can't tell him to do stuff he's not used to doing. You can't embarrass him. You can't call him an Evan in front of his face. But yet, what you can do is you can actually force him to be a stud and produce babies for you with Janice. Now, you know, Chazal quote uh, Psukim often and quote uh, members uh, you know, of Chazal often. But they don't always give them a pat on the back for what they have to say. Let's see what they say here about uh, Yochanan and Zakai. Why is it that the ear was chosen? Yochanan and Zakai Omer Kamin Chomer. Yochanan and Zakai explained it like a beautiful corsage, like a beautiful knot that was tied, like an origami beautiful knot that was tied. It was so perfect with spices coming out of it. Because he heard those signals. He heard it from the Sarah Dibras Don't Steal. So this is, in a way, paying him back. All right. Here, somehow, we are, we, we're treating him with kid gloves. But now we are saying, you know, what's going on here? You deserve something in your ear now. Now we're getting you 
<laughs> you worked six years to pay off the debt. Now we're going to give it to you. The Rabag looks at this completely different. The Rabag says that, yeah, let's think about this. She is a Shivcha, Kananis. That's true. Now, she's not a Yisraelis. I agree. But she still is, in many ways, a person who keeps most of the mitzvahs. I can prove it. Look, if she gets freed, then she's going to be a Yisraelis Gemura. How do I know? When the Pasuk speaks in, 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 uh, about the Shifcha Harufa, Parshas Emor, I believe, the Torah says, And we know what that is. That is a, a, a woman who is a Shifcha, Shifcha Nachris, who is connected to this Evidivri, and you decide to sleep with her. They have this relationship going where they consider it like man and wife. She's not really married to him. So you don't die by sleeping with her. But bikoretia lo kilo because she hasn't been freed. You have to bring a carbon oil. But the Raubag says what you see from there is that if she would be freed, she would be a total ish, and living with this man might have a din of kedusha, and you would die. But she didn't get that. So therefore, you see that all she's missing is a get shechur, but she's almost there. And therefore, even though when the Ebed's living with her, he's living with basically, a, he's not living with an animal, he's living with a, an almost Yisraelis. And even though they are avodim, they are chayiv in many mitzvos. Remember we said that the Torah says you have to, you have to circumcise them in order to eat from the Gorbin Pesach. And we know he's not a Zor. He's not, even though he's an Evan Nachri, he's not a Zor Gomer. And we see that he's allowed to eat Kachim Kalim. The Gorbin Pesach isn't just a symbolic thing that people eat to say, now you're part of the Jews. It has halochos as Kachim in the Beis HaMikdash. He's allowed to eat not just a carbon Pesach. He can eat carbon Shlomim. He can eat a carbon Toda. He can eat Kachim. He can put into his system. He's not a czar. We also find that an Evan Nochri eats Truma. A czar, he can eat Truma. Now, normally you would say, okay, well, that's because he's sort of like, he's sort of like, he's owned. But the Raubag actually views this as a connection, a closer connection to being a complete Jew. Remember, what is the Raubag trying to justify? He's trying to justify why the Torah, with this Eved Ivri, says, you're going to be a stud and live with the, with the Shivcha. How can it be? It's like, are you living with a guy? No, she's not a guy. She's not a guy. And the truth is, as you can see, Avadim eat Korbanos, they eat Truma. So you see that even though we call them avodim nochrim, avodim knanim, they've got a pretty high level. Now, 
Why is it that they don't do all the mitzvos? Because, look, they are avodim. We can't deny that. So therefore, what we said was, they are going to be potter from the mitzvos that women are potter for. doesn't mean that they're less of a person. It's because they do have an identity status, which in a way defines them more than defines their Evan Ivory counterpart. The Evan Ivory counterpart is not Gufo Kony in the same way. But these two things are existing simultaneously within them. And the reason why we say, it's not like, oh, you're barely a you, you're not even a, you're, you're not a real man. No, we had to patter you. The same way a woman is potter from mitzvahs, because the relationship that Albag feels is ironclad between the roles of men and women, the Eved's identity definitely defines him of how his connection to this unit, this, this Amun of Yisrael is. And we're not going to let him off the hook. He still has the jobs to do. So therefore, the Torah understood he can't have these mitzvahs. But let's say he wasn't in that identity as an Evid. Kvar Gemurim. Then he would be a complete and total Jew. Now I have to tell you, there is a big discussion about this. That let's say you're Evid Nochri, you decide to free him. Is he a Jew right away? Or does he need to go to the mikvah? There are some Akronim that say that an Evid Nochri who is freed isn't even though you give him the Shtar Shichur, and uh, he's able to, he's through someone else, and the Shtar Shichur now works its magic, and he no longer, that he isn't like the Rabag says, you snap your fingers, he's like the greatest scared Tzedek. There are, are poskim that say, Shonim and Akronim, that he still needs to go to the mikvah. Because it's a, it's other Rishonim say, he, he needs to, in a way, he was forced into this. He was a piece of chattel. And now he's with the with the with the owner's uh, cessation of ownership. He now becomes something, and he needs to go through another process. That's not what the Rabag feels. The Rabag feels that the process, whether it was fair or not, had already pretty much established him as very much part of our emuna. And the only reason he wasn't doing mitzvahs is because of his identity as an evid. Once that's gone. Then he's a Yisrael Gomer. In a way, is neutralizing the question of why we force the Evid Ivri to live with her. It's it really isn't like he has done like oh, oh, look look how terrible he's become. Look what we're he's doing. He's 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 wallowing in the filth of the Shifcha. No. Now. The Rabbah tempers this, however. He says, if you read the Pasik, in Begapo Yavo Begapo Yetze, in Balishu Vyotze Ishta Imo, that's Pasik Gimo. The very next Pasik says, in Adonav Yitan Loisha. Hmm. Is that the same situation in Pasik Gimo? You could say, Pasik Dalid is a guy without a wife. But the Rabag says, Pasagimbo is a guy with a wife. From there, Rabag wants us to say that Pasig Dalid 
is a guy with a wife as well. The one who gets forced to take the shifcha. He says, we know that Ruvain can force Bogdan to take Janus. But the Pusik right before that said, Im Ba'u From there, I think it's proper to say that it only is true, and this, of course, is echoed by Chazal, only if Bog, oh, oh, I'm sorry, could take Ruben, could Shimon, could, Shimon can sleep with Janice, that Shimon has to have a wife. The same way the Pusik before says that Shimon's wife is taken care of by Ruben, Shimon's living with Janice is also something that's that that only is true if Shimon has a Jewish wife, a complete Jewish wife. Ki ulai, a love levad, Maybe the same a Pasig Gimel is with a wife. Ki zeha maimer samachlo. Pasig Dawid is right next to Pasig Gimel. Now, but maybe the other way. So Rabag now says, you're not sure? Ein roi shenatir, it wouldn't be right to just allow every Eved Ivri to have a Shivcha Nochris. It's got to be one you know for sure. You know it's referring to Pasig Gimel, where uh, Shimon has a, a Jewish wife. But where he doesn't have a Jewish wife from before, it's not clear whether we can allow it. And therefore, if you have a doubt, there's something a little bit funny, even the Raubag admits, and seemingly wrong to allow someone to live with a shifcha. We know it is allowed and it's demanded, but it's only if he has a wife. If he doesn't have a wife, you can't prove it. And since there is something wrong about it, something that sounds incorrect, we can only allow it where, where we're sure. Then he says there's a logic that it should only make sense to someone who has a wife. Why is that? So the Rabag that he can be forced to be a stud might stop him from being a god. Why? Not because he's he's in a disgusting relationship, but because his children won't be his. Because she, despite the fact that she's close to being a Jew, she's not yet a Yisraelis. And because of that, a marriage really doesn't work to the point that these are his halachic children. And they belong because she's still owned by Ruvain. Janice's children are Ruvain's property. That's the type of thing that a person who has children, who is married with children, won't be able to stand. Why? If he never had a wife, okay, all right, I'll live with her. If he never had children before, 
What does he care that these children, technically, he walks away from them? Because he doesn't know what it means yet. Someone who has a wife and has a loving, real relationship with children that are his, it's his responsibility to raise. And a wife that's connected to him till he divorces her and that supports him, that isn't just there to make babies with. That person is going to find it difficult to engage in a relationship with whatever sort of woman is, despite how attracted she is. And therefore, he might not, that might be a deterrent to him. So the Rabag's having his cake and eating it. On one hand, he's telling you that she isn't so terrible. The actual idea of him sleeping with her, having sex with her, isn't as horrible as it sounds. Like, how could this terrible thing go on that a man who's, right, where's the holiness of the Jew? Well, look, she's basically almost a Jew anyway. She eats the Gorban Pesach, right, etc. But it's still something that denigrates him in one way, that he has to see himself as a stud and these children that he raised are not his. And in the same way, the Torah wanted to be him. That if he decides he wants her, that's he decides he wants to stay with her. We say, okay, you can stay. But the only way you can stay is if you've got to go to the basin of the city. You can't just tell the guy privately in the back room, hey, let me stay here. You need to go to the basin. And you know, that's where everybody's dignity is is how they appear in court. And you have to get your ear pierced in a place where everybody can see it. And that might stop you from saying it. So, what is it that we're trying to stop you? We're trying to stop you from stealing, first of all. And we also don't like the fact that you want to stay. Robot can't deny that. He can't consider it a positive. But the basic idea of, of the of the Eved, the Rabad does not see as the Makor of Tuma. The Rabad sees that she is someone who's part of a process that is being cleansed and elevated to being part of the Jewish people. That's the Rabad's way of looking at the Eved Nochri. Rabbi Yonah in Parshas Mishpatim in his Drashos writes that the law of Eved Ivri is connected to Aseris Adibros, connected to Anoch Hashem Elokecha. Zeh Gorem B'maisev Aroyim Shimochar Le'Eved. It's his own fault that he got sold. He stole. We let him sleep with this Shifcha Nochris. Laharos, to show him. That this Chote is disconnected from the holiness of what it means to be a Jew. Because she represents anti-Kedusha. Now, 
And that's what Geneva does to you. Geneva and the fact that you, with your back to the wall, you became an Eved, in a way, you're sort of denying Anochi. I took you out of base Avodim. You're free. Oh, I want someone else's stuff. I'm going to steal it. Oh, I stole it. I can't pay for it. I'm a slave. You are, in a way, turning back the clock, Rabbeinu Yonah says, on Anochi. And therefore, what you just did, you are basically less of a Jew. You're less, your Kedusha Yisrael has been neutralized. And therefore, Living with her is proof. Now the question is, so why is it only apply if you have a, a wife previously? <laughs> because he says, because <laughs> if you didn't have a wife, Janice is hot. Okay, I'm going to hang out with her. And remember, look how weird this tableau is. There's Janice and Rachel. Rachel's in the house with her children, Shmero, Yanko, Chanoich, Noyach. And you think uh, Ruvain's going to, it's going to be easy for Ruvain to give Shimon Janice to sleep with? Why? Because they're all going to be crying. It's going to be disgusting. This is his wife. This is Rachel. And now you must go with Janice. That's harlot. That Kedesha. That being. Go with her. She's going to be crying. give Right? She's going to be crying. He's going to be crying. So, we allow it, but we put it in a situation where it's so ugly and weird that we can imagine that, you know, that he's going to have second thoughts before he's doing it. But he says, what do you see from here? You see from here how Rabbeinu Yonah says, the Parsha of Evid Ivri teaches you how much you lose in Kedusha by your actions. And he quotes what this Evid Nochri is. Robag can't deny the halachos about it, but he wants us to see it in a positive. He eats the carbon Pesach. It isn't true. It's, she doesn't, it's not Ishus, doesn't produce children that are his. But it's still not the Makor of Tuma. It's true. We don't want you to be a Ganev. The Rebbe says, look what being a Ganev did to you. Rabag says, it's a deterrent for being a Ganev. Yes, he'll agree, Rabag will agree that this is weird. That there's Janus and Rocco and he's living with both. And Okay, weird. He says, you know what, I, I don't want to steal because I don't want this to happen to me. Rebbe says, you've stolen? You want to become an Evid? Look how low you've become. You deserve to wallow in this. When you're sleeping with Janice and with your wife, uh, Rachel's crying in the other room, 
think about how the, your Kedusha has been neutralized. Rabag would say, let's hope that this tableau will never occur and you'll realize, hey, I'm staying away from stealing. A very different understanding between the two. So I think what we see here. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.